today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Don't feast your eyes on wealth. In other words, don't put your trust in riches. For surely they will sprout wings and fly away to heaven. Sounds like your paycheck sometimes, yeah? When you run out of, <laughs> you run out of money before you run out of money. What's the point? The point is, don't put your trust in that, because it's fleeting. Hold on loosely to that. All of those things that we've gotten so comfortable with in this world are gone. We often come to rely on things that aren't reliable. Our entire system is built upon trusting things that don't have the substance to make them trustworthy. But today, as Pastor J.D. reminds us, God is the same as He's always been, loving, trustworthy, and mighty. Let's put our trust into the one who ought to have it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 24, as he continues his message, Jesus is our only escape. The trumpet for Israel is a call to battle. The trumpet for the church is a call to gather God's people to meet Him in the air. That's the rapture. So when that trumpet sounds, those loved ones, they're going to get their bodily resurrection. They're going to rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. Harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin, raptured, snatched away. When Paul's writing to the Corinthians, I think it's chapter 15, I, I could be wrong, verses 51 and 52, he says, we shall not all sleep in death, but we shall all be changed, metamorphosis in the original, in the twinkling of an eye, not a blink, twinkling. That's a fraction of 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 a second, that fast. We who are alive, we're going to, in the twinkling of an eye, put off corruptible bodies. That alone, right there. Can I get a witness on that? Oh, and then we're going to get our new glorified bodies in the twinkling of an eye, and then we are going to meet them with the Lord in the air. What I am saying and preaching and teaching and quoting here from God's Word is real. It is more real than the comfortable chairs you're sitting on today. That's how real this is. This is not pie in the sky, as they say. No pun intended, by the way. We are going to be in the sky. And if there is pie, that's even better. But this is real. This is going to happen. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Could you imagine, just for purpose of discussion, could you imagine if the good news was Jesus died for us, paid the penalty in full, was buried, and he rose again, and then it ended there? Be like, and? Well, I, I did my part. Wish you the best. <laughs> no, that's not the end of the story again. He rose again, defeating death, and he's coming back. He's coming back. 
Paul goes on to say, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And he says this in verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is very encouraging, especially in the world in which we're living in today. Encourage one another with the good news, the gospel. Here's why we celebrate the resurrection. Jesus rose again from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father until he returns in the rapture. And when he returns, he won't be a baby born in a manger, and he won't be the Savior dying on a cross. He will be the bridegroom catching away his bride. The first time Jesus came, he was born at night, but when he comes at the rapture, he takes his bride as a thief in the night. The first time he came, he was born to die. However, this time, when he returns, he takes those who are born again, and they'll never die. The first time he came, it was through a virgin's womb, and in death he left through an empty tomb. As one aptly quipped, Jesus entered our world through a door marked no entrance and left it through a door marked no exit. The Savior of the world was born to die so that we can be born again to live. His birth points to his death for our eternal life. And the way he entered this world would be similar to how he left this world. His death is woven into the fabric of his birth. His body was wrapped in cloth in a stone manger at his birth, and his body was wrapped in cloth in a stone tomb at his death. Just as his entering the world was similar to his leaving the world, so too will it be similar to when he takes us out of the world. And I would suggest that the question before every single one of us today for all of mankind is this. Will we allow him entrance into the door of our life for eternal life when we exit this life? I know, I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but it's the truth. Jesus is our only hope. Yes, the blessed hope, Titus 2.13, but He's our only hope. There's no more hope in this world. Jesus is our only hope. He's our only way out. He escaped that tomb resurrecting from the dead and is alive. And so too are we going to escape in what one has referred to as the great escape, the rapture of the church. And by the way, I have no problem with that, even with those who take issue with that. Oh, you pre-trib rapture people, you just want to escape. I'm like, <laughs> you don't. 
Again, I know this isn't proper English, and I hope you don't tire me saying this. I do say it often. But the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. And isn't it true that when things get really bad, we want Jesus to come? Yesterday? And conversely, when things are going good, it's kind of like, ah, we're good. But boy, just let adversity strike. Let difficulty come. Let hardship happen. We're like, Lord! (laughs) Don't you think He knows that? You see a pattern here? I've often thought to myself over the last couple of years that God has really done a profound work in people's lives getting us, even His people, maybe even in some ways, especially His people, to loosen their ever-tightening grip on this world and the things of this world, the things that heretofore we've put our trust in, relied upon, and then you watch it evaporate. I think about that proverb I was just thinking about this morning, actually. It goes something like this. Don't feast your eyes on wealth. In other words, don't put your trust in riches for surely they will sprout wings and fly away to heaven. Sounds like your paycheck sometimes, yeah, when you run out of, <laughs> you run out of money before you run out of month. What's the point? The point is, don't put your trust in that, because it's fleeting. Hold on loosely to that. All of those things that we've gotten so comfortable with in this world are gone. And in some ways, in a good way, it's forced us to come to Him, turn to Him, return to Him. We talked about that on Thursday night in Jeremiah. Now, here's where I'm going with this, and just bear with me, we'll be done here shortly. This world is damned, and this world is doomed. And judgment is coming. Jesus is coming, and there's going to be basically two positions when he does. There will be those who escape, and there will be those who do not escape when, not if, when the sudden destruction we're told of comes down. We're already seeing it begin to come to pass. As Jesus said in Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. I want to draw your attention again to First Thessalonians, this time chapter 5. I want to read the first three verses. Now, this is after he's encouraged them and, you know, with the good news that Jesus is coming and the rapture. He says, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And then he gets more specific and says, verse 3, while people are saying two specific words, peace and safety, peace and security, it's the same word in the original language of the Greek, asphalia, peace and security, while people, at the time people, during this time, while people are saying those two words, 
peace and security, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Why am I emphasizing they? Because of the contrast with what he just got done saying about we. Maybe I could just simply say, be a we, not a they. Because we who are alive and remain will escape. They will not escape. That's what I mean. Is that over oversimplistic? We're either going to escape or we're not going to escape. That's the best I got. So you're going to have to. What's going to determine whether or not I escape or I don't escape Jesus? What am I going to do with the person of Jesus Christ who died for me? I am not my own. I'm purchased with a price. He purchased with his own blood. He purchased me to redeem me. And he paid the price. We're going to talk about that in a moment. It cost him everything. And he just offers us this gift that he paid for. And all those who accept the gift of eternal life and are born again of the Spirit of God, we're out of here. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I want out of here. (laughs) This is the only way I'm getting out of this thing, is when that trumpet sounds. But I got to be a we, and not a they. And the good news, it's it's even gooder, (laughs) is that all who call will be a we. Let me try that again. It's that simple. You want to be a we? I want to be a we. Well, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you'll be a we. Be a we. I kind of like that. It's got a little bit of a ring to it, doesn't it? Be a we. I can already see it. T-shirts, hats, the whole thing. (laughs) You guys are so amazing. I just love it. Well, let's just kind of bring it full circle to how we began with the gospel. Very simple. The good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and how to be saved. Again, very simple. It's ABC simple, but truth be made known, it's actually simpler than ABC. It's as simple as B. So now let's see if I got this straight. B a we and B. <laughs> Belief. That's, okay, just bear with me. We're almost done. The A leads to the B, and the C is an expression of the B, but central is the B. Believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe and take a 12-week course, become a member. i got to share this with you. I shared it first service. So there's this woman, she comes to Christ, gets saved, on fire for the Lord, loves the Lord, goes to this church, wants to become a member of the church, goes to the clergy, 
says, hey, what? I, I want to become a member. They're like, okay, cool. So we got this 12-week course you got to go through. So she's like, okay. So she goes through it and finishes it and completes it. And she's all excited, goes back to the church, says, I completed it. And they said, okay, now you've got this five-week Bible study you got to complete. She's like, okay. So she goes and does the five-week Bible study, comes back, okay, can I be a member now? No, not yet. You still got to. And she just, in frustration leaves, goes to a park bench and sits down and just cries out to the Lord, Lord, I just wanted to be a member of this church. And Jesus just says, oh, sweetheart, my beloved, I've been trying to get into that church for years. (laughs) I'm not even a member. Okay. I think it was the church of Laodicea that he's knocking on trying to get back in. No, it's so simple. Whosoever will but believe will not perish, but have everlasting life. So the A is just simply for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. I mean, if you think about it, why would you need the Savior if you're not a sinner? No need. But that's the problem. Romans 3 10 says, there is no one righteous. None are good, not even one. Save one. You might be a good person, but no one will ever be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Give me just a moment on this. This is important because I don't know that we fully grasp what it means to sin. It's actually an archery term. So you have an archer that shoots the arrow and he misses the bullseye. They would say to him, you sinned, you missed the mark. You fell short of the bullseye of God's perfect standard of righteousness. And what Paul is saying is we've all missed the mark. We've all sinned. We were all born sinners, which is why Jesus said we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, how do I get born again? Nicodemus asked the Savior. Well, here's how. Jesus came into the courtroom of eternity and said to the judge of the universe that has just pronounced the death sentence on you for your sin, For the wages of sin is death, and in walks this man, no ordinary man. He's the God-man, Jesus the Christ. And he says to that judge of the universe there in that courtroom of eternity, hold it, I will pay with my own death in their stead. And the judge turns to you, because he's a local judge, he goes, oh, (laughs) good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. See, he paid the price, the wage, for your sin in his death. And then he, he paid the purchase price, and he purchased the gift. You know how it is when you purchase a gift for someone, what do they do with it? They re-gift it, is what they do with it. But they don't pay for it, because if they pay for it, it's not a gift. It's a purchase. No, he purchased it. He paid in full for it. 
Cost him everything. And he pays the price in full. It is finished. And he offers us this gift that he paid for, the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whoa, that is good news. I mean, it was pretty bad there for a minute because you just sentenced me to death. That's really bad news. But the good news is, is that the gift of God is eternal life. Again, I know it's probably a silly and even simplistic illustration, but two choices, right? Uh, death, the wages, wages of my sin. That's what I earned. Death or <laughs> eternal life. Wait, don't tell me. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to choose life. That's a no-brainer. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the A. Here's the B, again, central. Believe. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. The jury's not out. The verdict is in. Well, what was the verdict? Guilty as charged. What was the sentence? Death. Well, (laughs) Jesus went to his death in our stead. His blood shed in our stead. By the way, in the prophecy update, I never knew this. I actually spent some time last night vetting this. Do you know how they make anti-venom for snake bites? Ready for this? They use the blood of a lamb. Okay, you be a Berean, you search it up. That's how they make anti-venom for snake poisoning. The lamb's blood has the antibodies for snake bites, and that's how they get the anti-venom. How cool is that? (laughs) The blood of the lamb. Anyway, that was the prophecy update. It was a powerful testimony. The C, lastly, is for call. Call upon the name of the Lord. And again, at the risk of an oversimplification, you're not going to call on someone in whom you do not believe, right? You know, every time we pray, it's an expression of faith. Because, I mean, you're not going to pray if you don't believe. What's What's the point? No, you, you pray because you believe. In fact, I'll take it a step further and suggest that proportionate to our belief is our prayer. Because I'm praying in faith, in one I do not see. That's faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, key word, of things yet unseen. So I call upon him, I confess to him because of my belief in him. And this is Romans 10, 9 and 10, which also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans ten thirteen seals the deal. It simply says, all who call upon the name of the Lord, and here's that word again, will be saved. All 
So be a we, all who call, and you'll be a we. Just be. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. The Easter season is a time that Christians look forward to with anticipation, looking to celebrate the amazing, miraculous work that God did here on earth. What he did was nothing ordinary. No, in fact, raising from the dead was something unheard of. And the things tied to his resurrection were even more incredible than the miracle itself. Jesus' self-sacrifice for sin and then his resurrection following meant that every person on earth could be rid of sin and have new life too. This is what causes Christianity to stand out from any other religion. So not only does Easter represent Jesus' resurrection, but it's a reminder to each individual that you have the opportunity of life eternal because of what Jesus did. What a day to celebrate. If you'd like to listen to this message again, head over to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today. There are many topics covered that might be of interest to you. You can also hear Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates. Again, our website is calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you're interested in listening to these messages on the go, search for In Spirit and Truth in the iTunes Store. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find links to those on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Join us next time as Pastor J.D. will teach through God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.